Hello and welcome to the ITGP podcast. This week, we're joined by our author of the month for January 2019, cybersecurity specialist, Laurent Zinatulin. Laurent is the author of The Psychology of Information Security, Resolving Conflicts Between Security Compliance and Human Behavior. In this interview, you'll learn more about Laurent and discover how to improve security culture in your organization. Laurent, welcome to the ITGP podcast. To begin with, could you tell us what inspired you to get into the field of information security? I was always fascinated by the complexity of this discipline, even though when I was starting, people were trying to define it. In a way, they still are. The truth is, the security field itself is very broad. It's similar to medicine. There are general practitioners who know a little bit about everything, but for complex cases, they will refer you to specialists in blood, heart, eyes, ears, or other specific body parts. The same applies to security. There are broad generalists and technical experts. There are also security professionals who understand the business, the risks, and how to integrate security in the corporate strategy. Just as you can't really replace a surgeon with a GP, you can't replace a technical subject matter expert with a generalist and vice versa. That made me think about where I see myself adding value to the industry. And one of the ways that you've added value to the industry has been through your work on the human aspect of information security. What led you to choose this as your area of focus when studying for your MSc in information security? Let me start by explaining why I decided to pursue a postgraduate degree to begin with. The truth is, after several years in the industry, I realized that my education wasn't complete. I come from a technical background, but I quickly realized that not all the problems can be solved through technology. Therefore, I decided to learn more about subjects like information security management, culture, and usability. I was attracted to UCL specifically as I really liked some of the research staff profiles there. Angela Sass, Shamal Thaley, and David King, who was a visiting fellow at the time, all helped me a lot during my studies. I learned a lot about research techniques, how to come up with a hypothesis, and then use qualitative and quantitative methods to prove or disprove it. Uh, I still use this knowledge now in my consulting career. I picked modules like people and security to understand the human elements of information security better and ended up doing some research with Angela on modeling conflicts between security compliance and human behavior. This involved working with people in the field to understand root causes of systems that actually work. All this laid a foundation for my book. And that book became the ITGP bestseller, The Psychology of Information Security. Tell us a bit more about it. As a consultant, I help companies develop and implement security strategies and transformation programs. Working across various industries, I've seen some badly implemented security projects, which were completely missing the point. I wrote this book to help security professionals and people who are interested in becoming one to do their job better. I believe that they not only need to ensure that a company is adequately addressing information security risks, 
but they also have to communicate the value of security appropriately in order to be successful. That's why it would be also useful for business executives and project managers who would like to get a better understanding of cybersecurity because it covers some basics uh, as well. The main goal of this book, however, is to gain an insight into information security issues related to human behavior from both end users and security professionals' perspectives. It aims to provide a set of specific recommendations to support security professionals' decision-making process when implementing controls and communicating these changes within an organization. I conducted a number of interviews with security leaders from various sectors, including financial services, advertising, media, energy and technology. Their views, along with further relevant research, were incorporated into the book in order to provide a holistic overview of the problem and propose a solution. Uh, well, I'm not going to lie, it was hard work. <laughs> there was a lot of research and rewriting. It took me over three years in total. And mind you, this is not a, th a long book. Uh, the feedback I received so far was very positive, so I'm, I'm glad uh, I get an opportunity to help people address some of the challenges they face in the area. You mentioned that one of your objectives with the book was to help people address challenges. What do you think are the most significant challenges related to the management of change in organisational culture? Well, managing change in organisational culture should really start with an understanding of your company, people in your company and what drives them. In case of information security, this begins with an understanding of why security doesn't work and why people don't comply with information security policies. In my book, I discuss three common reasons for this. Uh, one, they don't really see the reason why they should comply with the security policies in the first place. Uh, number two is the cost of compliance, i.e. time and effort invested is way too high. And last but not least, uh, employees um, perhaps willing to comply but si simply unable to due to poorly implemented uh, security controls. Then there is leadership support. The reality is a lot of boards don't invite or listen to cyber professionals and frankly, I don't blame them. They have no confidence in security professionals' ability to understand companies' business or to articulate how security aligns with it and communicate beyond jargon. Security professionals should really adopt the we are here to help you do this securely attitude rather than prevent people from doing their job. The truth is the majority of employees within an organization are hired to deliver specific results and perform activities like marketing, managing projects, manufacturing goods and so on. Their main and sometimes only priority will be to efficiently complete their core business activities. So information security will usually only be a secondary consideration or can even get in the way. Security mechanisms, therefore, 
should be designed around the day-to-day working lives of employees and not the other way around. The best way to do this is to engage with employees and to factor in their unique experiences and insights into the design process. The, the aim really should be to correct the misconceptions, misunderstandings and faulty decision-making processes when it comes to security that result in non-compliant behaviour. In your experience, what are the common causes of a poor security culture? Let's first think what security culture is. There are many definitions out there, but I like to think about it in terms of what happens with security when people are left to their own devices. Do they make the right choices when faced with a decision whether or not to click on a suspicious link? Uh, Do they know, say, what steps they need to perform to ensure that a new product or offering is secure prior to shipping, and so on and so forth. A lot of it is to do with behaviors. The first step in understanding uh, causes of poor security culture is to recognize that bad behaviors tend to be contagious. Um, there, there is a, there's a quite a good book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell called The Tipping Point. Um, and he argues in that book that certain conditions allow certain ideas or behaviors to spread like viruses. Uh, Gladwell refers specifically to the broken window theory to highlight the importance and power of context. This theory was originally used in law enforcement uh, and argued that Stopping smaller crimes like vandalism, hence the broken window link, is vital in stopping larger crimes like murder, for example. The theory roughly goes like this. Uh, If a broken window is left in a neighborhood for several days, uh, more vandalism will inevitably follow um, because this primarily singles lack of care and shows that crime will effectively go unpunished, leading to bigger and more harmful crimes. Some argue that uh, application of this theory led to a dramatic crime reduction in 1990s in New York City uh, only by effectively clearing up uh, graffiti on subway trains. That prevented further vandalism and violent crime. Others attribute this drop in crime to other factors, but regardless of what argument is right, it is worth recognizing that the broken window theory can be applied in the information security context as well. Uh, Minor policy violations tend to lead to bigger ones, eroding the company's security culture. Therefore, addressing small infractions can reduce the risk of larger and potentially more damaging ones. To make matters worse, uh, if people see others violating security policies, like say using unauthorized tools and services in their work, they may be inclined to exhibit the same behavior. Non-compliance then becomes normalized and socially acceptable, and this normalization is why 
poor security behaviors exist in the first place. Fortunately, the inverse is also true. So if employees see others acting in a virtuous manner, they will be less inclined to break the rules. This is why when it comes to security campaigns, it is important that senior leadership set a positive example and become role models for the rest of the company. Say, if the CEO takes security seriously, it's more likely that the rest of the company will follow. Excellent. So you've already given us some tips on how to address the common causes of a poor security culture. What other advice would you give to professionals who want to improve security culture in their organization? Well, we first need to understand that there is no single event that alters people's behavior. Changing security culture requires regular reinforcement, creating and sustaining habits. There's a book about it uh, called The Power of Habit, and in it there is a story about Paul O'Neill, CEO of the Aluminium Company of America, or Alcoa for short, who was determined to make his enterprise the safest place to work in the country. At first, people were confused with the fact that the newly appointed executive was not talking about profit margins or other finance-related metrics. They didn't really see the link between his zero-injury goal and the company's performance. Despite that, uh, Alcoa's profits reached a historical high within a year of his appointment. Uh, when O'Neill eventually retired, the company's annual income was five times greater than it had been before his arrival. Uh, moreover, it became one of the safest companies in the world and not only in the country as he initially hoped. So, how did this happen exactly? Uh, the book talks about the importance of so-called uh, keystone habit. Alcoa's CEO identified safety as such a habit and focused solely on it. O'Neill had a challenging goal. Uh, It was to transform the company, but he couldn't just tell people they changed their behavior. Uh, That's not really how the brain works. He decided instead that he was going to start by focusing on one thing and one thing only. The idea was to start disrupting the habits around one thing so it would eventually spread throughout the entire company. He recalled an incident when one of his workers died trying to fix a machine despite the safety procedures and warning signs. The CEO called an emergency meeting to understand what had caused this tragic event. Um, The committee identified numerous shortcomings in safety education, for example, that the training program didn't really highlight the fact that the employees wouldn't be blamed for machinery failures, or the fact that they shouldn't commence repair work before finding and notifying a manager. As a result, uh, the policies were updated, And more importantly, employees were encouraged to suggest safety improvements. Workers, however, went a step further and started suggesting business improvements as well. 
eventually changing their behavior around safety led to some innovative solutions, enhanced communication and increased profits uh, for the company. Uh, those responsible for information security or culture in their companies should realize that there is no silver bullet and changing culture requires an atmosphere of constant vigilance uh, where virtuous behaviors are constantly reinforced in order to create and sustain positive habits. Uh, the goal here isn't really to teach one-off tricks, but rather to create a culture that is accepted by everyone without resistance and is also understood. To do this, uh, messages need to be catered to each type of employees. As, as we all know, one-size-fits-all campaigns usually don't really work. Security campaigns targeted to specific groups enable better flexibility and they also allow uh, information security professionals to be more effective in communicating risk to more employees, uh, which is crucial for creating behavior change. Questions that must be answered include, uh, what are the benefits? Why should I bother in the first place? And what are the impacts of my actions? Um, tone is also important. Uh, I suggest avoiding scare tactics, such as threatening employees with punishment in case of breaches or non-compliance. Our aim is really to help them do their job more securely, not to police them. Uh, we want them to build trust and communicate with the security team when it matters the most. For example, during a security incident. Above all, a campaign should emphasize the value that information security brings to the business. Uh, this reframes the conversation around security from being uh, about imposing limits on user behavior and deflects the idea that security can be a barrier uh, from employees doing their job. Um, there is a lot of other things we could be discussing today but I would just like to leave you with one final thought. Um, building security culture is like exercising. Be consistent and you see the results. Thank you, Laurent. And thank you for listening to the ITGP podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the topic, Laurent's book, The Psychology of Information Security, is available now in print, ebook and audiobook formats. Order your copy from itgovernancepublishing.co.uk by the 31st of January and enter discount code JAN19 at the checkout to save 20%. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe and share.